thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, awesome listeners. Thank you so much for joining joining us today on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And don't forget to follow us on social media, to subscribe to us on whatever uh, podcast medium you're using to listen to this, whether it is, um, you know, Spotify or iTunes, and leave us a five-star rating if you think we so deserve it. Um, hello, Ashley. Hi. How are you? Fabulous. I've just had a great day. We've been out and about. We went to the zoo. Then we went to, like, Latitude, which is jumping place, which is uh, hilarious to watch kids go totally mental you'd think they've had a bag oh. of snakes or something before it but it's just the sheer thrill of like bouncing and crazy crazy uh, adrenaline you know energy being burnt out it's hilarious to watch oh that's amazing um i like that you are getting lots of these things out of your system right at this time um, oh, I, I can know. totally understand why you're doing that oh i'm um, just about to lose my baby to school so oliver starts uh, school big school this year so it's a bit of a, a transition i'm like five days a week my little buddy's not going to be hanging out with me oh boo how um, has that happened I already know, how has that happened no idea so so weird um but Does you know, start got... on the 31st is that I the first so, day of yeah, school yeah. for you yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. i had to call the school because i didn't know whether it was starting on the monday or the tuesday and I'm like, great, first day of school of the first time of his life and I turn up late, that'd be great. Oh, my <laughs> Good first impressions. so, so exciting. Yeah, it is, but I'm also really glad as well because I feel like it's such a blessing then to 
give Ella her dedicated one-on-one time that Oliver had so much of. So, um, yeah, transitions. This year is a big, big one of transitions. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way too in lots of different ways uh, about their lives at the moment. So, that's just one of our little transitions that's occurring, which is very exciting. Um, but, yes. Oh, that is How about just you? Beautiful. What's been rolling? Uh, nothing nearly as, um, you know, adult and exciting as, you know, Oliver going to school, yeah. um, you know, just, just dog mumming and I've just had a, a few days away, um, down South with some friends and, you know, just, I don't know, getting things out of my system really. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to blow off steam. Yes. Um, getting out in nature, doing some yeah. camping and stuff. Perfect way to do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay. Let's get into like a super interesting, fascinating um, cross-section between our hormonal endocrine system and the immune system and a presentation of some really interesting symptoms that could totally leave you thinking that maybe you're getting, you know, really strange monthly immune things coming up. Right, Ash? Yeah, let's let's make that a bit clearer. <laughs> yeah, I, the way you described it before we were recording was so good. So I was trying to like just you know transition you into that. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do a good job of this, so I'm just going to hand it straight over to you. I love it. Look, I think um, you know, ladies, have you ever heard the term period flu? Because if you haven't, you're not alone. I think a lot of people haven't heard of it. But uh, you know, if you've got a bunch of symptoms, you've been feeling a bit flat, fatigued, you've got some cold or flu symptoms, and you've had a PCR test and it's negative, so you, you know you're not running around with COVID, then there's a good chance if you're getting a recurring sort of symptomatic package on a monthly basis that we might be looking at something more, you know, endocrine, hormonal, uh, immune connected than you just being sick all the time. Because you know how some people say, oh, I'm always run down. Are you always run down or is it cyclical? Start to mm-hmm. you know, start to think about that. So this is really interesting because it's a real thing. Like this is, uh, I still say it's anecdotal because we haven't got a lot of research evidence. I did go digging and I was like, ah, this is a bit light on the research. But then again, I do ask the question whether is it light on the research because this term is what they're not actually researching this term. They are researching immune, you know, hormonal implications, but not specifically period flu. Um, I think it's also quite hard to find a lot of information around that at the moment. Mm. Like just because of this current climate, I just don't know if um, some of this information is is so readily available because of, you know, just the fact that, you know, even just talking about the immune system and natural immunity and all of those sorts of things is quite taboo right now for, you know, whatever reason. Um, there is actually like an article that was published in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology that talks about this menstrual cycle exacerbation of disease. Mm. Um, it's a really well like researched, um, very well written publication that came out in 2011. So even though that was 11 years ago, which seems like such a long time ago, it's still relevant and the information is still relevant because, you know, these things haven't necessarily changed in the physiology of our body that we're aware of since then. Um, But it is difficult information to to really dig into as well, and it's pretty heavy. Um, But essentially what this idea is of this menstrual flu or period flu is just it kind of describes these complex interactions between both the immune system and the neuroendocrine system that triggers this onset or um, 
uh, I guess, yeah, exacerbation of common medical conditions and common changes in the immune system that can resemble things like flu-like symptoms. It can give you this cyclical pattern of other um, symptoms, whether they are psychological, um, whether they are localized to the reproductive organs. So some women may experience, for example, cyclical um, candida overgrowth or thrush for example, and that is all tied back into the same things and that is the hormonal shifts that happen premenstrually and how critical estrogen is for our immune function. And we'll go into that in a moment. Yeah, and I've definitely clinically seen it as well, um, sort of like showing up like it's a recurring tummy bug, um, mm-hmm. cyclical gut issues, this idea that there's diarrhea and nausea, then someone gets diagnosed with um, IBS, but really it's related very clearly to their cyclical symptoms, which is, again, driven by the hormones. So then, you know, do we start treating them for IBS or do we say, hang on, it's cyclical, it's hormonal, let's have a think about this symptom package. Uh, yeah, really interesting. Yep. And the exacerbation of these conditions normally happens at specific intervals or phases in the menstrual cycle. So normally we see it more like premenstrually. Um, and that is because of the immune change that happen at that time. So in particular, estrogen and just, you know, as a recap or a reminder, estrogen is our beautiful feminizing hormone that is responsible for our, you know, feminine characteristics like our, our hips, our boobs, our butt, um, you know, it makes our skin really nice and tight. Um, it gives us our, our nice, plump, youthful glow as well. But from a like a menstrual or, or period perspective, estrogen is the hormone that has a proliferative effect on our system. So it makes everything grow. So it grows that uterine lining. It um, thickens that uterine lining. It's what um, matures the egg and the ovary. It's what at its peak of estrogen through the menstrual cycle is what allows for that egg to be released from the ovary. But estrogen is also critical for our immune function. And we know that it is either... Um, you know, depending on the type of immune stimulus, it can be either pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory. And that can also depend on what organs it's affecting because estrogen and estrogen receptors are found throughout our entire body, not just in our reproductive organs. So there's estrogen receptors in our gut, in our brain, in, you know, every, every way you can imagine. And depending on whether or not we are pre- or post-menopausal, and also what the status of how our body metabolizes that estrogen will depend on how it affects our immune function in the first place. So when we're in that premenstrual phase, our um, and and bear with me for a second because I'm going to try I'm going to explain this um, the way I've interpreted it from from the research and um, you know physiologically and then I'll try and sort of break it down. Um, so our autonomic balance which means the way our nervous system functions shifts towards a sympathetic bias during the luteal phase of our menstrual cycle. And what that means is that sympathetic bias means that um, it, it shifts towards our fight and flight receptors, essentially. So we're more geared to a bit more of an active stress state in the luteal phase, which is that premenstrual phase of our cycle. And during that time, it stimulates cortisol pathways. So cortisol is obviously our main stress hormone. Um, And with that, it inhibits T helper cells. 
um, or it inhibits T helper one cells and facilitates T helper two responses. So these are two different sort of immune variant responses um, that will either stimulate pro or anti-inflammatory stuff. And all that means in, in its most simplest form is that because of the interaction between our hormones from like our reproductive hormones and our stress hormones and how our stress hormones then affect our immune system, that during that premenstrual time, it can completely change how our body responds to immune stimulus. How fascinating is that? Super, super interesting. And I love the way, you know, you're explaining the implications for the T helper cells because a lot of people have been listening and seeing these things in the media recently, right? Because there's mm-hmm. a connection with COVID. And there's also some very interesting articles and research that's been showing that um, coronavirus has affected men more frequently yeah. than women, but also yeah. in a greater severity in its disease process. And they're mm-hmm. suggesting this whole hormonal, endocrinal, um, so I should say endocrinal immunological interaction, estrogen is essentially um, COVID protective for us in yeah. so many different ways, which is just fascinating. Um, so, ladies, I, I hate to say it, but we've got the biological advantage. <laughs> oh, it's, it's really, really interesting. And so, you know, when women are really stressing out, I'm like, don't let stress dampen your immune responses and don't allow it to affect your progesterone estrogen balances because that is the very thing that's making you like superpowers right now this is your immune superpower um so don't let stress dampen that um which is you know my big takeaway from this whole experience has been how can we upregulate correct immune response and that is downregulate stress which is ironic because the very thing that media and everything is doing is placing people under a high degree of stress and anxiety which mm-hmm. is absolutely smashing their immune system um, at a very time where we want to be upregulating the immune system so this is why ladies you know um, premenstrually speaking the declining estrogen is the consequence that's the reason for this flu-like symptoms um and then mm-hmm. couple that with the prostaglandins which are the and the inflammatory hormones that um activate around that time as well then you're starting to get more of the inflammatory conditions this is the irritable gut stuff um this is the headaches the the body pains the tummy aches all those sorts of things so um yeah super yep. interesting i'm really glad you explained that with a bit more nerdy chemistry stuff too because it's it is important to understand it and um in a way that makes you kind of then couple that concept and bring it across your life in other areas. Yeah, I don't know if I did a very good job of that, but hopefully everyone's sort of able to bear with me. But just think of estrogen as essentially like an immune modulator. Mm. So it tells the immune system what to do. And many women who may have estrogen excess, for example, or really poor estrogen uh, metabolism. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that your immune system is going to work so much better. Um, Balance is always key, always, always key. And um, that's why we also see a high propensity of autoimmune conditions in women who have, um, you know, are taking oral contraceptives because of the much higher levels of synthetic estrogens that they're taking, or also in women who um, just have that propensity towards more exacerbation of those estrogen pathways and who have trouble, you know, getting rid of it. So they have that hormonal imbalance. That's why we see so much more autoimmune stuff 
stuff happening in women versus men. So it's definitely a double-edged sword. So when we have that hormonal balance, that estrogen is so protective for our immune system, which is also why the research was showing that women were faring so much better when they got COVID as opposed to men for that reason, because, you know, obviously estrogen being our absolute wonder woman superpower um, in terms of our immune system. And it is because of its immune sort of modulatory effect and also it influences like the development of all of our immune cells as well. So our B um, and T cells, as well as a differentiation and the homeostasis of antigen presenting cells. So they're the little ones that um, go up on on the outside of the cellular receptor and go, oh, I'm I'm presenting this this little picture here to make sure that the immune system knows how to recognize it and knows what to do with it. Um, and then from there, estrogen also mediates the expression and the responsiveness of all the other hormones like androgen, progesterone, prolactin, um, the gonadotrophin releasing hormones. And all of those then have like these effects on the B cell activity, so another branch of the immune system, as well as like tumor proliferation as well, which I just think is so fascinating. And it's estrogen which mediates the expression of all of that. I think that's amazing. Definitely. And it's also, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when you're sort of, then you sort of say, what we've got to understand is this concept of period flow is a non-viral cause, you know, because you'll also yeah. get things like fevers and aches. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, how can you have a fever if you don't have a bacterial viral cause for that fever? And that's a really, really good question because there's very few occasions you would have fever without a immune response to bacterial virus, right? Um, but in yeah. this case, it's the overactivity of the prostaglandins and the um, hyperactivity of the immune system that's creating fever symptoms. And that's why someone will feel really feverish and shivery and they'll want to just, you know, lie under a bundle of blankets on the couch, um, which is fascinating because not only do we lose uh, significant days of, I guess, comfort in our life through the period itself, but then the run up to it as well. A lot of women have worse symptoms in that lead up than they do in the actual period cycle, um, which is pretty cool because, you know, businesses have have tapped into this uh, awareness of what their female employees need. And I was interested um, having a look as well. A lot of companies have been introducing things like menstrual leave on top of the standard vacation and sick days and annual leave um, parameters, they've been adding additional days for women for the menopausal and menstrual leave, which is such a considerate and necessary thing too, um, Mm -hmm. to be validated that you're not making this up. You're not just a, you know, bundle of um, complaints because a lot of women feel almost um, invalidated when people say, oh, can't be that bad. Um, but as we've just discussed, there's a reason why it is that bad. It is a real thing. It's not just in your head. And the body does respond in accordance to the the hormonal changes, which can be very severe for some people. And uh, like I'm always in in two minds when I hear this idea of having like menstrual leave mm. um, or, or time off for your period. And um, one side of me thinks that I'm concerned that women require that right? Because, mm. um, you know, they're, they're experiencing menstrual symptoms that are severe enough for them to require days off work. And which means that there is, you know, quite significant, um, you know, gynecological and endocrine issues that are going on that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And that, that really concerns me. But then on the flip side of that, 
I, I love the idea of women honoring their cycles. And if they did have the opportunity to soften and slow down and have a little bit of reprieve, would that have such a positive benefit on their stress levels and everything else so that they didn't think that they were having to just push themselves constantly to get through every day of the month, irrespective of what their hormones were doing, would that be, you know, beneficial enough to give them, um, you know, a little bit of reprieve from that, which would have a positive effect on their their hormonal balance i'm certain of that um you're helping so, with stress response you're allowing people to create exactly. a place for self-care with permission um whereas normally we have to to hide that don't we or ignore yeah. it or as worst uh head to the doctor and get the pill because you don't want to deal with the cycle at all so you may as well just exactly. get rid of it um and a lot of them will choose to take those um, skip the sugar pills and just basically have no cycle and they don't have to deal with any days off and then they can work harder, work longer and basically that's that burning the candle at both ends, isn't it? And that's just a disaster for our hormones anyway. So, um, Wouldn't it be amazing if we could work to a, a menstrual cycle in the sense that throughout each phase we could focus on the things that um, are so much easier so, for example, around that time of ovulation, um, this is when we're planning events and presentations and, you know, very big negotiations and, you know, those sorts of things, whereas opposed to um, during the, you know, the premenstrual time or really close to the period, that's when things are really slowing down. You're not having to take many meetings. You're not having to, you know, wouldn't that be amazing if we could, and I certainly encourage my patients to, to plan their calendars and their schedules according to their cycle because it does get a hell of a lot easier if you're doing that but um wouldn't that be amazing if that was adopted all over you know across the board um almost like women having their own red tent that they can escape to or, or menstrual hut for you know the the time that they need it and then they can you know push themselves when the time is right for that as well i like it i think that's a great idea andrew for for a premier, uh, we, we, <laughs> we, we, need, we need a new state premier. So no I think way. if you, you oh, start on, the, <laughs> on a state-by-state oh, basis, we'll, uh, we'll take you for, for the state premier first and that will solve a lot of problems over this part of the country. Or I think we're <laughs> a different country now. I, I don't believe we were able to celebrate Australia Day because we've been annexed. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, it's hilarious. I know. Western Australia is not, no longer really part of Australia. And I'm or any part for, of the world. <laughs> um, you know, not actually celebrating Australia Day um, no, on the day that didn't. it is right now anyway. Um, yeah because of the implications that it has for obviously the traditional um, traditional owners of, of the land that we're on. Um, I love that we're but, so aligned in those things too, Andrea. This is that yes. consciousness of realising that um, equality means equality on all terms and not when we pick and choose that equality to be applied. So, um, yeah, we both had the very same view on, on Australia Day as we have uh, for many, many years. And I think, it, you know, it's like a lot of things. It's a bit like our health as well, right? When we know better, it becomes a choice whether we do better um, mm-hmm. It's one of my, my favourite sayings is when you know better, you can do better. And uh, I really do believe that's a choice because, you know, you'll find this out today. We, we'll talk about these things and say, hey, did you know that, um, you know, that uh, late, ovula- late ovulation, early luteal phase is when your immune system is most vulnerable. That's the time you're most likely to pick up something or, or get sick. Um, so if you're burning, you know, the candle at both ends, if you're working really hard, if you're not taking care of yourself, um, if you're exposed to people with COVID, then that's probably the time you're going to pick it up. And then on the other side, when your estrogen levels are high, that's the time you're going to, you know, you're going to boot past these things and you're really less likely to, 
um, contract or to have significant immune reactions to things that will create that response in your body. So, um, again, you know, when you know better, are you going to do better? Are you going to do something differently? Are you going to, you know, maybe check in on uh, nutrition, sleep, rest, stress response? We've just talked about why stress down-regulates our immune Mm -hmm. system's uh, effect, which is super important because we are looking at how we can, I guess, live in a world that is... Um, I hate to say the word post-COVID. I don't think that exists because people say, oh, you know, the post-COVID world. And I think, what are you talking about? I actually can't make sense of that statement at all. But I think when we learn to live with anything as a – uh, a society, whether it be just day-to-day common colds and flus, seasonal winter allergy, cold flu, all of those things, when we know these things, it's why, you know, Andrew and I, we're not some, uh, I don't know, super women role models. We're simply just honouring our body's needs. And, like, you and I can both predict when we're going to get sick. Yeah. Like, oh, totally. 10 out of 10 times. Sometimes it's a miracle if I don't with some of the, you know, when we push ourselves to the Mm -hmm. absolute limit. And And obviously we're we're doing a lot of things to support our immune systems and everything else, which is just Mm. part of our, you know, daily habits. And it's, you know, those timeless health principles that we always adhere to. But we also have a body that um, is still human and it's supposed to get run down if we push it to its limits or... On the flip side of that, if there's something that we're uh, working through, you know, if there's shift and change that has to happen within mm-hmm. our physiology, sometimes that's part of that process. Yeah. Um, and being sick is a healthy immune response, right? Yeah. So I like to say that I'm having an immune expression because, you know, for me the idea of sickness means sickness as in there's some disastrous disease process at play as opposed Mm -hmm. to a healthy immune expression, which is doing exactly what it should do given the environment it's provided with. Um, And that's a lot to do with things like period flu as well. To have period flu symptoms would suggest that we're not honouring the body's needs. As you said, there's Mm -hmm. a hormonal imbalance there that's Mm -hmm. underpinning the reason why those fluxes and changes are so substantial. Um, And then the frequency and the recurrence of it would suggest that instead of healing the body from within, we're perpetuating whatever it is that's contributing to this monthly cyclical immune dysfunction. Um, So that's really, you know, getting down to the root cause and asking that question. So why is this happening? Not, oh, my body's so stupid. Exactly. And how can we support you to have more balanced cycles, Mm. to have more balanced hormones, to have, you know, estrogen levels that are conducive for really great supportive immune function um, without being putting you into that state of estrogen excess where it can't be metabolized, where things proliferate, where it um, stimulates too much of those inflammatory pathways, which means that you then get, you know, the breast fullness, the tenderness, the pain, the bloating, the, you know, abdominal discomfort premenstrually, the really heavy bleeding, the big mood shifts and swings. um, And can then go on to, um, you know, fevers and night sweats premenstrually. Mm-hmm. It can be even um, vaginal changes with things like or that recurrence of thrush, candida overgrowth, or even bacterial vaginosis because of the big shift in estrogen is also creating a localized change in essentially the vaginal flora as well. Um, and it can even go as far as, you know, even vomiting and nausea premenstrually because of those big shift in hormones. So what can we do to support you to have more balance with this? Um, and 
you know, Ash, you've just listed a whole bunch of amazing things in terms of just, you know, looking at your stress levels and honoring and nurturing your cycle and everything else. But let's just talk about some really easy, quick, practical things that women can do as well. And one of my favorite things when it comes to hormonal balance and supporting uh, both estrogen production and metabolism and balance for that is obviously from the foods that you're eating which means that we need really good quality protein, fat, and fiber with every single meal. Um, And fiber being from your fruits, your veggies, your salads, your nuts and seeds, um, those sorts of things. Um, You know, good quality lean protein and good healthy fats because those are the building blocks for each of your hormones. But with that, it also helps with the balance and metabolism of them too. So that's from a nutritional side of things. Um, Ash, what else? I'm a big fan of tracking your cycle so you can actually make note of this, you know, start to look at where those ebbs and flows are throughout your month um, because then you'll actually start to recognize as well where you might naturally need a bit of a boost and that might come in the form of a bit more stress-releasing exercise or you've just mentioned all those great nutritional supportive things, really focus in on the diet and and nutritional needs, add in Mm -hmm. some supplementation because when you recognize those cycles and you recognize where and when in the cycle you're starting to feel a certain way, um, it might be you want to, you know, up your your magnesium intake you might want to double dose your magnesium at a certain time to really kick in there like there's there's really because a lot of people ask that question oh you know why should we have to spend money on supplements you don't is the answer but it is a great way of helping to support the body under times of extra stress now we're all under extra stress right now so i really don't think anyone on this planet can afford to not take supplements really (laughs) Mm -hmm. because we're at a point where it's really hard to meet nutritional needs given the um endemic stress that's occurring it's a pandemic of stress i believe as well Um, um, so yeah, like looking at those things will help you make the most of your, your supplementation. I also mm-hmm. think it's not, why would you take, you know, double dose magnesium every day of the month? That makes no sense at all to me. But if I know that I'm leading up to a point where my hormones are starting to show a fluctuation or a stress change, then I can double dose it leading up to that and amazing how it can help change things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And even just while you're on the topic of um, supplementation, things like vitamin C, we know that that helps with, um, you know, uh, adrenal support, which also helps to improve um, progesterone production as well, which is obviously having that um, lovely balancing effect uh, on on estrogen. So that's vitamin C, zinc, obviously. Um, what else? I love things like um, ginger withania, vitamin B6. Um, I think that's probably a really good list, Ash. Yeah, Sleep, perfect. exercise, movement, rest, recuperation, um, you know, obviously stress reduction. And root cause. Getting down to Always. that underlying, underlying uh, source of concern. So if it's a chronic stress issue, if it's related to, you know, work, life, whatever, um, it might be something you need to either change the environment, so change what's occurring, make a decision, mm-hmm. or it might be that you need to incorporate more mindfulness practices, meditation, yoga, tai chi, breath work. Um, there's a big movement now. I love that um, so many people now, when you start talking breath work, they've nearly everyone's heard of Wim Hof method. Mm-hmm. Um, people are starting to use ice chests, you know, ice baths and things like that to increase resiliency. Um, you know, it's such an interesting thing that with the chaos in the world, I'm seeing and hearing more people open into the ideas of doing things differently, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I always like cringe so much when I see people in ice baths just because I'm so opposed to the cold, <laughs> which probably means that I probably should give it a go. Um, and it would be such a challenging, like triggering thing for me. Uh, but 
It's yeah. interesting though you talk Credit. about that because it depends. Who you, yeah, but it depends who you're talking to, right? Because it makes zero sense in Ayurvedic principles to yeah. be putting women in an ice bath. Yeah, same in Chinese medicine as well. Yeah, and there's yeah. also generic um, snips and variations that people do have, like a, essentially like a cold intolerance where it creates so much stress in the system. So that would actually be counterintuitive. Yeah, um, interesting. So I guess that goes along the lines of individualized medicine as well. Yes. Um, I think certainly the ice baths and um, that those sorts of practices for men are brilliant, like mm. really, really beneficial. Um Caveman physiology kicking totally. in, isn't it? Totally. Yep, yeah, totally. Just and similar to um, other things that men can get away with a little bit easier than what willing women can, like fasting, intermittent fasting. Um, you know, just those sorts of things are just so much easier for men than um, how you know women can tolerate that because our hormones are such more of a moving target. Well, look, on that note, ladies, if you're feeling like you've got flu-like symptoms, do do your uh, PCR or your, or your rat <laughs> your tests. And uh, if they're yeah. negative, then go down this pathway. Make sure you take on these lifestyle tips, um, explore it further, do some hormonal testing with a practitioner that can support you and really understand that your body is something you can change. Hormones can be changed. You can modify them. You can uh, alter your response and you can definitely upregulate your immune system function uh, to prevent you from getting such a severe response uh, particularly at those cyclical phases and uh, yeah I hope you've found this a little bit interesting today starting to see how there's that connection between our hormones and our immune system and uh, that's a really important link to think about so whenever you're wondering why you're feeling run down think hormones immune system Hmm, lifestyle, what's going exactly. on? Exactly. Where are you at in your cycle? Open your period tracker app and make note of it. Ladies, you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.